in Matthew's Gospel, the second chapter, uh, the King is born, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus Christ Himself manifested in the flesh and was brought forth from a virgin. Jesus the King is born in Matthew chapter 2 and now He must be acknowledged In Luke's gospel, we find here the angel making the wonderful announcements to the shepherd. Uh, For unto you is born in Bethlehem a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And they came there and they found him wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. We find here in Matthew chapter 2, this king has already been born. Now he is going to be acknowledged for who he is as the king of the Jews. And the wise men, they come and they worship him. In Matthew chapter 2, we notice wicked men sought to kill this king. For the Bible tells us in verse number 3 of Matthew chapter 2, when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Wicked men did not want to acknowledge that the king of kings was born in Bethlehem. Well, while wicked men refused him and did not want to acknowledge him, we find here in the same chapter in Matthew chapter 2, wise men adored him and wise men sought to worship him. Matthew chapter number 2, we see the power of God takes place in a star. We find here the prophecy of God is fulfilled. We find here that also the providence of God has taken place over His only begotten Son. For Herod sought to kill Him. And the angel came and told Him to move Him to Egypt. And that was prophesied as well. And we find here in such a chapter, Matthew chapter 2, the power of God takes place in a mighty way. We find the prophecy of God being fulfilled left and right. And we find the providence of God that is watching over the King of kings and the Lord of lords. However, I'd like to draw our attention to one subject, and that is the wise men that we read of in Matthew chapter number 2 that sought nothing more but to worship that King of kings and Lord of lords for they had no interest in King Herod they had no interest in Mary they had no interest in Joseph they necessarily had no interest of going to Bethlehem but they had all interest on one subject and one and that was Jesus Christ himself that's all they was interested in they weren't interested in anything else but Jesus Christ I want to ask you this morning here just the last Sunday before 2021 I want to ask you what are you interested in today 
today. Uh, what are you interested? Are you interested in the news media uh, that has a bunch of garbage? Are you interested uh, in who's going to be the president of the United States in 2021? Or is all your interest is on the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, here we find the wise men. Uh, here they was interested in one, and that was Jesus I want to preach this for a few moments on wise men worship. Wise men worshiped in Matthew chapter number 2. But can I tell you today, wise men still worship, still worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Wicked men flee from Him. Wicked men don't want to have nothing to do with Him. But the wise men still worship Jesus Christ. And the best thing that you and I can do in our Christian walk, it's not just come to church, not just sing a song or preach, but it is to worship and to adore our Lord. So I want to look at a few things about these wise men that you and I uh, can follow the steps even in the day and hour in which we are living in uh, this morning. First of all, we notice here the seeking of Christ. When you and I acknowledge uh, these wise men and draw our attention here, Matthew chapter 2, to these uh, wise men, first of all, we notice the seeking of Christ, or rather, their seeking of Christ. Uh, they notice what they said in verse number 2. Where is he that is born king? Where is he that is born king of the Jews? The wise men, as we said already, sought after one. You gotta understand in verse number two, they come before Herod. They come before Herod, this earthly king, and they do not, they do not adore him. They do not acknowledge him like they do this king of kings. For the wise men presented themselves in verse number two as men that sought after one, and that was not Herod. They, they did not seek after Mary, but they did seek after uh, Jesus. Now I want to ask you this morning, what better thing is there today uh, than to seek after Jesus? What else is there more better uh, than to seek after Him? Uh, we notice here that uh, we, must not, we must notice and acknowledge their faith in seeking Christ. Their faith in seeking Him. For let's read verse number 2. Uh, here's what the Bible says. For where is He that is born King of the Jews? That shows their faith uh, this morning. The faith that they had in Christ. For you and I, you and I do not read in the King James Bible. Now, if you've got a other version this morning, uh, it may read this way, but our Bible does not read this way. Here, uh, the wise men did not ask uh, uh, if Christ had been born. 
if he had been born. But I want to tell you this morning, uh, our Bible reads this and, and it emphasizes the faith of these wise men for they traveled a far journey. They traveled a far journey. They didn't travel in a Cadillac. Uh, they didn't travel uh, in a nice vehicle, but they traveled uh, uh, on camel or by foot. Uh, and they traveled a long way for one purpose. Uh, and that is because of their faith had instilled in them that there has been one that was born, that was promised, uh, uh, that has been prophesied by the prophets. Uh, and they come to Herod in verse number 2, saying and asking, where is he that is born King of the Jews. In other words, they say, Herod, he holds an higher authority of you. And that's who we're seeking. That's who we are desiring to see. So notice here, their faith. And they ask the question, where is he that is born? Notice here, the profession of their faith. Notice here, the profession of their faith. For in verse number 2, notice here what we read of where is He that is born King of the Jews. They was not ashamed to announce Him King. They was not ashamed to bring forth their faith among men. They was not ashamed to bring forth their faith above those in the world that held a high authority or a high office or a high position. For they did not look at that, but they looked beyond that. And they looked to their Savior and they said, Where is He that is born King of the Jews? We notice here that such a title, such a title was never accepted and never acceptable uh, to the religious leaders in Jerusalem. They would never accept that He was the King of the Jews. For you remember what they did on the cross of Calvary. They put above His cross, King of the Jews. And they never wanted to accept that. So the wise men come barging up into King Herod and they ask the question, by faith, where is he? We know he's been born because we've seen his star. Where is he that is born King of the Jews? And not a statement has ever been made in Jerusalem. But I want to tell you today, he's more than just the King of the Jews, but he is the King of Kings and Lord of of lords. He will not come back again. He will not come back again, the King of the Jews. But He will come back, King of kings and Lord of lords. Men did not acknowledge Him in Matthew chapter number 2. But men will not be able but to help to acknowledge Him in His second return. When He splits those eastern skies and He comes and reigns and rules on this earth for a thousand years and he'll have and he'll be the king of kings and lord of lord and men will acknowledge him as that so notice here their profession of their faith they acknowledged him king of the jews the wise men knew who they were seeking after the wise men knew who they sought after and they was not ashamed of it 
I want to tell you this morning, all across this land, all across this community, there are still men and women. They don't know what they're looking for. But I want to tell you this morning, I'm glad I know what I'm looking for. I'm glad I'm seeking after the living one, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice here their profession of their faith. Notice in verse number 2, the passion of their faith. Notice here what they said in verse number 2, where is He? that is born King of the Jews, for we have seen His star in the east. And here's their passion. The passion in their faith. They said, we and are come to worship. But notice that one word that makes worship totally different than what worship is today. Notice here, what, what here that one little word that makes worship That makes worship what it is supposed to be. For they said here in verse number 2, and we are come to worship Him. That's what makes worship what it's supposed to be, is Him. You leave Him out of worship, there is no worship this morning. You leave Jesus out of worship, there is no worship. So the wise men said, we have seen His star and we've come to worship not you, Herod. We've come to worship not Mary, but we've come to worship Jesus Christ, the King of the Jews. Notice here their passion. They wanted to worship. Notice here the wise men came for one reason. For one reason only, and that was to worship. You better believe this morning they did not go all the way to Bethlehem just to be seen, but to worship. They didn't travel all the way to Bethlehem just to be heard, but to worship. They didn't go all the way to Bethlehem just to put on a show before Herod, but they came to worship. What do you mean, preacher? There's people, there's people go to Baptist churches for one reason. That's just to be seen or just to be heard or just to put on a show. But I want to tell you the reason we come to church and that is for one reason and that is to worship Him. That is to adore Him. That is to magnify Him and to manifest Him. And the wise men here, they set an example for us. They come for one reason. And that was to worship Him. That was to adore Him and to magnify Him. If you're coming today for any other reason, I'm coming because the preacher called me. You're not coming to worship. I'm coming just to show my face. You're not coming to worship. And you're coming in vain. Every time we step into God's house is for one reason and for one reason only. And that is to adore Him and to worship him, despite of what's going on around us, despite of what, despite of what men think, the wise men came to worship Him. Notice here, we notice their profession of their faith, the passion of their faith. But not only that, but in verse number two, we notice the pursuit of their faith. The pursuit of their faith. What do you mean, preacher? Well, notice here in verse number two. It says, for we have seen His star in the east. And then notice here, and are come. And are come. We notice here the pursuit of their faith. The pursuit of their faith. Their faith allowed them and enabled them to run after Him. 
and to go after Him. No matter how far they had to travel, no matter how far they had to walk, no matter how hard it may be, their faith put a pursuit in them that they had to see God, that they had to acknowledge Him, and they must worship Him. Notice here, the seeking of the wise men. The seeking after Christ. But then notice with me in verse number 2. We notice here the star of Christ. We notice the seeking of Christ, but now in verse number 2 we must acknowledge the star of Christ. The star of Christ. Notice here what is something special about this star. Notice here, when, when the Bible mentions this star, it mentions it in a particular way. It don't mention it in a normal way or just a, a way that we should just read over and never acknowledge the star. For notice how this star is mentioned in the Word of God. In verse number 2, the wise men said, For we have seen His star. His star in the east. I find it a personal star. For the Bible said it's His star. This, this star the wise men was following. The wise men looked up and seen this star. It was not Herod's star. But it was His star. It was Jesus' star. Notice here how this star in Matthew chapter 2 is referred to all through this chapter. And verse number 2 is considered to be His star. And verse number 7, go down there with me. The Bible said, Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star. Then go down with me in verse number 9. When they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star. And verse number 10, the Bible said, when they saw the star. I want us to notice this morning that this star is a personal star. For it was not just a star, but it was the star that led to the Savior. They said just here the past week, the Christmas star was up in the air. I want to tell you this morning, it may very well be, but it did not shine brighter than the star that led the wise men to our Lord and Savior. Why? Because it was His star. It was His star. It was a personal star. The wise men said, we've seen His star that represents Him. And, and even Harris said, what time that the star, the star appear. It was not just a star, but it was the star that represented Christ and was placed in the wise men's view to get them to the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a star that scientists could not explain and they still cannot explain today. And scientists will never be able to explain the attributes of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's things scientists will never understand because He is God. This here was not your normal star, but it was His star placed in heaven for the wise men. The purpose of this star, it was a personal star, but notice here the, the purpose of this star. Notice here we first must note the star was placed by God. 
The star wasn't in the sky that night by accident. But it was there that night on purpose for a purpose. And I want to tell you this morning, that's why over 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ laid Himself in a manger. It was on purpose for a purpose. Well, the stars the same way. It was placed in the sky that night on purpose. But it was placed in the sky that night for a purpose. Notice here. The purpose was that it was leading the wise men to Christ. Now you think about this. Well, preacher, how can we apply this to our life? Well, I want to tell you this morning, God oftentimes places things in mind in your life not to draw us away from Christ but to draw us toward Christ. Can I tell you this morning, this star was placed by God for a purpose, and that was to draw the wise men closer to seeing Jesus. Now I want to tell you this morning, you better not take it for granted when God places things in your life. It may be a person. It may be a preacher. It may be a church. It may be a message. It may be a friend. Whoever it may be, don't take it for granted when God places certain objects in mind in your life or He's placed them there to draw us closer to Him. The star was placed among the wise men to draw them to Jesus. Not only do we see that this star of Christ was a personal star, not only do we see the star of Christ, we see the purpose of the star, but second, or thirdly, we see the power of the star. This star that was placed by God to lead the wise man to Jesus. There was power in this star. Go with me to verse number, verse number 9. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east, went before them. God had all control of this star. And God would use this star, as we said already, to lead them closer in seeing Christ. I want you to think about this morning before we go any farther. What is God placed in? front of your eyes in 2020. That He's placed there to draw you closer to seeing God. For here, the wise men, it was a star. It was something joy to look upon. It was something that would bring joy to their life. But I want to tell you this morning, not always is, not always is the sight joy. Not always is the sight joyful that God puts in front of our eyes for the purpose of drawing us closer to Him. And notice what it said in verse number 9. The star, notice here, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. This shows the supernatural character of the star. 
empowered, where did the star get its power from? I want to tell you this morning, it didn't get it from the Big Bang Theory. It didn't get it from nothing else, but who was behind the power of this star? The star was powered by the one the wise men sought after. Notice here in verse number 10 what we read. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. I don't want us to misunderstand this morning that the wise men did not rejoice in the star. But the Bible said, preacher, in verse number 10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced. They did not rejoice in the star itself, but they rejoiced. They rejoiced because the star was controlled by Christ. And the star brought them into direct contact with Christ. And that was the reasoning behind them rejoicing over such a star as this because the one that was in the house that they was going to see the one that the star was directly over that house that little child in the house that was in Mary's arm was the one that was controlling that star some people say preacher I don't believe that if you don't believe that this morning there's no way you can be saved he was God in the manger he was God as a 12 year old boy in the temple he was God when he walked up Calvary's hill and died on the cross of Calvary he always has been God he always will be God and there's nothing 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 that's going to change the fact that he is God and the star was controlled by him and it it directed the wise men in direct contact with the Savior. Now notice here we noticed two things about the wise men. We noticed the seeking of Christ but we noticed that they acknowledged the star of Christ. But I want to tell you here what makes the difference in these wise men is their service to Christ. Is their service to Christ. Go down with me to verse number 11. Verse number 11, the Bible said, when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child. Those who look for Jesus will see Him. And those that truly see Him for who He is, they will worship Him. What do you mean, preacher? The wise men, when they saw Him, they didn't see Him as a young child. When the wise men saw Him, they didn't see Him as Mary's child or Mary's son. But when the wise men saw Him, they saw Him as their King and their Lord. And go down with me in verse number 10, or 11 rather, and fell down and worshipped Him. And fell down and worshipped Him. When they were coming to the house, it wasn't the stable, it was the house. They saw the young child 
I won't labor here long, but the Bible does a pretty good job at emphasizing motherhood. Who took care of Jesus? Who nurtured Jesus? Who raised up Jesus? I find in verse number 11, when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child. Notice here the key word with Mary, his mother. You better believe for one instance, Mary didn't put Jesus in a daycare. Mary didn't let anybody else raise her child, but Mary herself. I know that's not popular preaching today, but it is Bible here in verse number 11. Mary took care of her precious son and raised him up for the glory of God. But despite of all that, that was free this morning. I want to get back to the message of the wise men's service to Jesus. Notice here with me their position in verse number 11. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother. Notice their position immediately and fell down. These wise men no doubt humbled themselves before this child. They humbled themselves, most of all, in the sight of the Lord. Many, many people in that day wouldn't have bowed before this child. But the wise men, they was not bowing before a child. In their eyes, they was bowing before God. Notice here, they fell down and worshipped And this morning, if one is truly going to worship, they must bring themselves low. They must bring themselves low and worship Him. And worship Him. For humble men worship. Proud men don't worship. But humble men worship Him. When one comes into the presence of a holy God, they cannot help but to fall down on their knees and fall down on their face and worship. Why does men and women still gather around an altar and fall to their face? Because of worship. Because of worship. And if God ever manifests Himself to you like He did those wise men when they walked into the door, you and I will not be able to help ourselves but to fall down and to worship Him and submit ourselves unto Him. The position of their worship. Verse number 11, notice what it said. Notice what it said in verse 11, and worshiped him. The Catholics got it backwards this morning. The wise men didn't come a long journey to worship Mary, they come to worship Jesus. Now, I want to tell you this morning that's the only one worthy enough to be worshiped is Jesus. Is Jesus. Surely Mary was 
highly favored of God. But she was not the Messiah. She was not the anointed one. But Jesus Christ this morning is the only one, is the only one worth worshiping. Notice here we find in verse number 11, they worshiped Him. But I want to look this lastly. Not only do we see their position, but we notice their presenting of gifts. This is where I want to look and this is where I want to uh, put our thought this after this, this, this day. In verse number 11, they presented unto Him gifts. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. But then go back with me to verse number 11. Go up with me a few, few words. Notice here, and they fell down and worshipped Him. And when they had opened their treasures. The wise men did not open their treasures to Herod. The wise men did not open their treasures to Mary. But it was right when they got into the presence of God. Right when they got into direct vision with God. Did they open their gifts before Him. What do you mean preacher this morning? I'm not to see what you give to God. The person beside you or behind you is not, not, what to, not to see what you give to God. We're not to open our treasures when we walk in the door and show them off to men. But can I tell you this morning, the wise men, when they got right there in front of God, first they worshipped Him. Then they gave to Him. And can I tell you this morning, you will not worship Him, and I will not worship Him unless we give unto Him. I'm not talking about your money this morning. If you truly worship, you'll pay your tithes and you'll worship Him. But I'm telling you, if you're going to worship Him, you're not going to worship Him unless you give Him your all. And when the wise men fell down before God, they honored Him, but they also presented themselves unto Him and said, God, we give You our all. And they presented unto Him. They came before Him and opened up their treasure and said, Lord, I want to give You the best of the best. And I want to tell you this morning, that's the only thing acceptable to God. What do you mean, preacher? God won't accept what I'm giving unto Him. The only thing that is acceptable to God is if you give Him your best. God don't want the leftovers. God don't want the change in your pocket. He don't want the... What is it, George Washington that's on the quarter? But he wants the best that you can give him. He don't want just two hours of your week, but if you can give him four, that's what he wants. He wants the best of the best, and that's the only thing acceptable to him. Anything less than that is robbing God. The wise men, they gave him, his, they gave him their best. They gave Him their best when they bowed down and worshipped Him. When they submitted their self unto Him, they said, Lord, we give You not just our treasure, but we give You our life. Many people don't have a problem in giving God their treasure. They have a problem in giving God their life. What do you mean, preacher? I'm saved. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about have you given Him your life? Have you given Him everything that He desires of you, they presented unto him gifts. These gifts this morning was royal gifts. 
Notice what they gave him. They gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Matthew Henry said this about these gifts. He said the gold they gave him as a king paying him tribute. The frankincense they gave him for they honored God with the smoke of incense. The myrrh the wise men give him as a man that should die for myrrh was used in embalming dead bodies. And they presented unto Christ their best. Gold and they acknowledged him as king. Frankincense for they honored him with the smoke of incense and with myrrh because they knew his purpose that, they was, that he was going to die in their place. These gifts was the best of the best. And I want to ask you this last Sunday morning of 2020, what will you present unto Christ in 2021? What will you present unto Him in this upcoming year as we're standing all around God's church this morning?